The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. So I called Josh. It was about two months ago. God laid it on my heart. He said, I want you to go to New Song Church. I want you to share the same message. So I just called Josh and said, hey, if any time, if... Uh, you know, I think I've got a message that the Lord has laid on my heart. I'd love to come up and share it with everyone. And he said, okay, uh, just pick a date. So we got together, we picked a date. And we really didn't even talk about what the message was. We met a couple of weeks ago and I shared with him. He said, so what's the message? I said, oh, it's kind of, it's about hearing God's voice. And he goes, okay, that's, that'll be great. I'll put you... Right here, we'll be right here on the 23rd of October. That'll be a great day for you to come. And uh, so I listened to the podcast last week. Now, everybody do like this and go, what a coincidence. (laughs) God is in charge of our lives, isn't he? And when he shows up, things change. So... My message today is called Listen and Obey. Let's bow our heads real quick. Let's take this to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much today, and I thank you that in the middle of our messes, in the middle of our hardships, and even when we sin against you, that your love is bigger than all of them. I just ask that you would speak to us today and that you will grow our spiritual ears to hear your voice. I pray that you will continue to bless Josh and Sarah and this church family as they transform lives in Oklahoma City. Amen. Well, I want to share with you just a little bit about my journey with Christ. Um, I grew up in a denomination where the things of the Spirit were not talked about. Matter of fact, I think if you just got the Bibles that they would hand out, if you tried to flip to the book of Corinthians, most of the pages were just ripped totally out of there. They didn't talk about it. So I grew up not knowing about anything from the, about the Spirit. Uh, all that changed. We started going to a, another church that fully embraced everything of the Spirit. And it was so exciting. I had been in a part where, even in that church, that I just had... A knowing, I'll put it that way, a knowing inside of me that God had more. You read through the Bible and you read of the the miraculous things that happen. And you know that God is bigger than that. There was just a gnawing that was going on inside of me. So I wanted to just just get into this, these things of the Spirit. So we started going to to this church that fully embraced it and they, they... Shared with some scriptures with us one time. And those scriptures really settled into me. So to set this up, I want to I talk about a gentleman that's in the Bible. His name was Apollos. And Apollos had a, he had an uh, encounter with this couple called Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila were disciples of Paul. They had traveled around ministering to the new church that was formed uh, after Jesus' resurrection. 
And they went around, and this is, this is after the Holy Spirit had come that you read about in Acts. So, and as a footnote, Priscilla and Aquila, they're mentioned six times in the Bible. All six times they're mentioned as a ministry couple. What a coincidence. <laughs> so if you would, read with me right, right here. It's in Acts 18, 24 through 26. It said, A man named Apollos came to Ephesus. He was a Jew born in Alexandria, Egypt, and a terrific speaker. Eloquent and powerful in his preaching of the scriptures. He was well educated in the way of the master and fiery in his enthusiasm. Apollos was accurate in everything he taught about Jesus up to a point. But he only went as far as the baptism of John. That, that baptism of John was a baptism in water. He preached with power in the meeting place when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. And they took him aside and told him the rest of the story. King James Version puts it this way. They expounded upon him the way of God more perfectly. If you had a Texas Bible, it said they took him off and they showed him a thing or two. <laughs> but that was me. I knew about up to water baptism. Past that point, I was clueless. There may be some of you that are here today that are sitting there. You've heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you may be exactly like I was. You may be sitting there a little bit clueless about this. Here's, here's a scripture that started turning it around for me. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, which says this. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. That is for the good of all. Everybody say, for the good of all. To some people, the Spirit gives a message of wisdom. To others, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. To others, that one Spirit gives the gifts of healing. To others, He gives power to do miracles. To others, He gives the ability to prophesy. And to others, He gives the ability to tell spirits apart. To others, He gives the ability to speak in different kinds of languages. They, they had not known before, and still to others he gives the ability to explain what was said in those languages. All the gifts are produced by one and the same Spirit. He gives gifts to each person just as he decides. And then further down in Corinthians, in, in uh, chapter 14, it says this, Love should be your goal of life. But, just you, but you should also want to have the gifts that come from the Spirit. And the gift that you should want most is to be able to prophesy. And I'll explain why. Those who have the gift of speaking in a different language are not speaking to people. They are speaking to God. No one understands them. They are speaking secret things through the Spirit. But those who prophesy are speaking to people. They help people grow stronger in their faith. And they give encouragement and comfort. Those who speak in a different language are helping only themselves, but those who prophesy are helping the whole church. So that's where I found myself. We started going to a life group, and there was a gentleman inside the life group that had a strong gift of prophecy. He, he would tell you how many socks you had in your drawer at home. He would come up to things that 
thoughts that had only even gone through my mind, he would come up and he would say, hey, the Lord uh, knows that you've been asking this question. Here's the answer to that. I hadn't even told Mary. And this guy's coming up and he is reading my mail, even telling me my thoughts. So I, I started to partner my experience with God's word, what it says right here about prophecy, how it's good for the whole church. And I got to the point, I cried out and I said, God, uh, I'd love to have these gifts. Not for me, but to build up the church, build up other people, to get them in a place of belief, whatever it would be. Lord, I just ask you for these gifts. So he prayed for me. He laid his hands on me, and not in a kooky way. He didn't shake my head. He just gently placed his hand right here and just said, Lord, I just ask for every good gift that you have for him to fall down from heaven right now. And that was it. It was great. Nothing happened at the moment right there, but all I can just tell you is that I walked away happy. I just knew God is faithful and God is going to do something. So this is when the story starts to get fun. (laughs) Because God showed up. And the first time that he showed up, in my life was at a hotel. I was in the hotel business for 27 years prior to stepping into ministry. And I'm in the lobby. It's a really big hotel. We had a group checking in. There's about 3,000 people in this group. And boy, howdy, lo and behold, this guy comes walking around the corner and God says, Go give him a word. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in the place before where your heart starts to beat out of your chest? And I seriously felt my body go, white as a ghost. And I froze. I'm sitting there watching this guy. <laughs> my God, really? Right here? And he checked in and he walked past. And I choked. Just simply choked. I couldn't do it. I felt horrible like, God, this is the, the first time that you give me a word for somebody and I'm too chicken to share it. So I make a deal with God. I say, God, I, here's the deal. Okay, uh, I want another shot at this, okay? So if, if you'll bring our paths across again, I'm going to share this. I'll do it. Five days go by. 3,000 people never see the guy again. And I happened to be upstairs on one of the hallways. The hallway was kind of like this. So I'm walking down the hall. I turn the corner. Guess who I see? <laughs> boom, boom. Go totally white again. I stopped him. I said, okay, Lord, give me some courage. Sir, uh, I know this sounds kind of weird. But I really think that God has a word for me to share with you. 
would, would that be okay if I did that? He's like, yeah, sure. And, you know, usually God speaks in sentences. Oh, no. I get one word, three letters. And I'm thinking, as soon as I open my mouth, God will come out and the power will sound so eloquent and everything. And I stand there in front of this guy and staring him in the eyes. And Dig. What did you say? <laughs> Normal. What did you say? I said, dig. <laughs> he tears welled up in his eyes. He said, follow me. So we go to his room and he opens up and he gets his he gets his photo album and he starts, he opens it up and he explains the story. He's a pastor of a little church in Guatemala. His church is located up in the mountains. And when he came to the conference, he had told his congregation, when I come back, I'm going to have a word from God. We didn't know what to do in this situation. He asked his congregation to pray the whole week that the Lord would speak to him. The dilemma they were in is the church was starting to grow, much like New Song starting to grow right here. And they came to this point where they had a decision to make. The decision to make was, one, do we move down off the mountain to where it's easier to build and we can build a church down there and maybe the indigent people that are there will come down from the mountain and start to go to church there? Or do we do the hard thing? And do we dig into the side of the mountain? He had been there the whole week and hadn't heard a word. I left the room. I walked down the hall. Went, yes! <laughs> God had shown up. If that gift of prophecy was one word, Boy, howdy, was it a powerful one. He didn't need any other words other than that three-letter word. But it confirmed right there in me these great gifts that God has available for every one of us. You may be sitting there like I used to sit there and go, that takes a lot of courage. Yes, it does. You may be asking like, okay, what if, what if I miss it? What if I don't hear God in this thing? Okay, let me ask you a question. If you've ever had a kid and you had a bicycle, got the training wheels on the bicycle, kid rides around there at that point, you're like, okay, we're taking off the training wheels. And your kid crashes and burns. Do you go running up to the kid and scold them for getting it wrong? How dare you fall over? I trained you better than this. You had the training wheels. Everything was going right. Or do you pick them up and do you dust them off 
and say, I'm so proud of you for trying. Go do it again. Will you get it wrong sometimes? Yeah. I've gotten it wrong on occasion. I've had words spoken over me that to this day I don't understand, but I've also had words spoken over me before that at that moment they didn't make sense. But all of a sudden you go back and read those years down the road and you go, oh my goodness. Was that a word for me at that time? Me and Mary went to a shoe store and bought some shoes and we are on the way out of the door and I just stopped. She said, what are you doing? I go, I don't know. (laughs) God said, don't leave. He goes, what do you mean? You can go, you can go on. I'm not supposed to leave. She goes, Okay. So I go back in the store, and uh, I'm just walk around at first, and I get tired of walking around. So there's a there's a little bench there. I sit down on the bench. Now the, all the people in the store they keep you know I don't know what they think I'm casing the place out or something. <laughs> they start coming up, going, "Hey, can we help you?" I'm like, "No, I'm fine." You see them more than, you know, to each other. He's already bought his shoes. I don't know what he's doing. So I'm sitting there, and God said, I want you to wait here. Somebody's coming. Okay. I'll wait there for a while. Couple and their two kids come walking in the front door. God said, that's them. Go, Okay. So now I'm faced with that same dilemma I did with the other guy. Like, how am I going to say this to them? There's really not a good way to say this. So I watch them for a while. They go and they're they go to the rack. That's all the, the clearance rack, and they're trying to just find shoes that worked, basically. So I went and stuck my hand out to the guy and said, "Hey, my name's Ken Jackson." Uh, can I just talk to you real quick? He's like, okay. Comes over and I said, sir, um, I've just been kind of waiting here for you guys. The Lord just had me stay here and uh, I'm going to buy your shoes. And I notice that you're, your family, you're all looking in the clearance rack over here. Don't look in the clearance rack. You get what you need. And I'm going to take care of it. And he's, okay. So he goes over and they have a family huddle. They're all, you know, like this going, there's a guy over there seeing. <laughs> they got their shoes. Most, they're kind of like, kind of a hiking boot, like, most of all of them got that. As the page for it, we're, we're on the way out the door. And the guy turns to me and he goes, uh, you don't know who I am, do you? No. I, no, I don't. He goes, we're missionaries. 
We've been speaking at churches around this area, and I just thought that you were somebody that had seen me talk before. No. They left the next day for a three-year stint. They were going to Africa. And one of the things that they were going to be doing is hiking into some places that, that nobody had gone before them and their two children. So the thing that they needed were some boots and boots that fit. Isn't God good? Amen. See, here's one of the things that Satan wants to do and the world does. He wants, they want to convince you that this Christian thing is boring and it's not fun. Man, let me tell you. God shows up like that and you speak something that comes into somebody's life and not only confirms in your heart but confirms in them how good and powerful God is and when he says that he knows the number of hairs on your head, he means it. He knows every single thing that's going on in your life. And if you'll be brave enough to let God go from here down to you and get it out of your mouth, you'll be surprised at the miraculous things that you can be involved in. Amen? Amen. Got one of the, uh, one of the gentlemen that he is uh, the children's pastor at our campus in Grand Prairie. This is another one that God just, he just showed up in an instant. He's picking up his kid. He walks in the door. God said, talk to that man right there. So he's in the line picking up his kid. And I went, come here. Hey, man. You ever thought about working in children's ministry before? And bless his heart, his head just goes. He was just deflated. He goes, I can't, I'm disqualified. I said, what do you mean you're disqualified? He goes, well, I've been in prison. I said, okay. What for? And he told me the story. He used to own, I believe it was seven bars in the Fort Worth area. Guy was knocking down about a million a year. But he was kind of sampling his business a little bit too often and got several DWIs to the point that he went to prison for a while. While he was in prison, he met Jesus. He had actually begun to even teach them at a cowboy church. He was kind of a cowboy. So I told him, I said, what are you, are you done with that? He said, oh, yes, sir. You know, Jesus met me in a jail cell and I've never been the same since. I said, well, you know what? You're not disqualified. You know, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher road for you right here. I'm going to see who we are, see who you are. But, Dusty, we invite you in with open arms, buddy. He labored. He was, he was the most, and still this day, the most faithful guy. But I would have never picked him out of the, the line of people coming through if my ear wasn't trained and pointed up toward the heavens. You're talking about courage. Courage. 
This one was somewhere between courage and stupidity. <laughs> I'll admit that. I'm waiting just like Josh was one time. I was back in the back and the praise and worship for the children was, had just finished. And our girl that was the leader of that, she's walking. We, we did this bypass on the way and just as I'm walking, I mean, I am literally, I'm walking up there and God spoke to me and I probably shouldn't have said this, but I did because it was just, I'm crazy that way. I leaned over and went, you pregnant? (laughs) Yeah. Told you I was crazy. I finished the message, and the first thing, I see her walking for me, and I'm like, oh, God, please help me. Uh, she goes, why did you ask me that question? I said, Karen, I have no idea. I was just walking up to the stage. <laughs> and I just felt God just have me ask you that. And she says, I am. I just found out yesterday we haven't told a soul. (laughs) Her faith level and my faith level just went. I was a brand new leader at that time. She didn't know whether to trust me if I was hearing God or whatever. After that day, whenever it talks about for the good of the church, after that day, she showed up every day. She showed up and she trusted me as a leader to hear God's voice, even in a very difficult situation, share that word. It was wonderful. And lastly, I want to share the story of my brother. Now, this is, this is my brother. You think I know this guy pretty well. He, his son, he's a little crazy guy. He gets his uh, beginner's permit and then gets his driver's license. And he starts to drive to the detriment of man. And in the span of four months... He's involved in four car wrecks. Two were his fault, two weren't. But the last one, it was crazy. They would call me and Mary. We'd just see the see my brother calling and we'd go, uh-oh, Andrew's been in another wreck <laughs> without even talking to him. So they get the call. They're frantic. Andrew's been in a, has been in another wreck. This time, this one was not just a little fender bender. This was a serious thing. A guy had gone through a red light and T-boned him at an intersection. To make matters worse, the intersection was downhill like this. So when he hit the car, the car began to flip. One of the flips was actually not just a roll, but an end of the car over the end of the car as they went down this hill. Six times they rolled. When the police showed up, what they told my brother was that they were sure that there were going to be fatalities in the wreck. There weren't, praise God. But these kids that were in the car were banged up pretty bad. So they show up. 
they they get my nephew out, get him on a gurney. Uh, they're totally concerned, you know, that there's all kinds of brain damage and stuff with his neck. So they they tape his head to the gurney, try to immobilize him the very best that they can, and they rush him off to the hospital. We get the call from my brother. Like I said, they're frantic. Uh, they actually went to the accident scene because they live really close to that. And can you imagine pulling up and to see a car that is crunched that bad and you know your child's inside? At that point in time, my brother was at this place where he just, he didn't know about church anymore. We had started Gateway and he would come every once in a while, maybe once every three months or something. But he didn't know what he thought. So we show up at the hospital and told my brother, let's go to the chapel. We got to pray. So we show up there. And in the middle of our prayer, I'm praying. God showed up. And God spoke a word to him that all of a sudden solidified this doubt in the Lord inside of him. Because in the middle of praying, I simply just looked up at my brother and I went, when were you called into ministry? And once again, he said, what did you say? I said, when were you called into ministry? He goes, how do you know that? I've never told anyone that. He felt called into ministry when he was 18, when he just got out of high school. And he didn't take that route. But yet here it is, years later, God still knew that. And in the middle of what was going on, with all of the trauma with his son, God showed up to say, Roger, I am real, and I am here, and I am in control of this. God was able to use me as a conduit straight down and right into the heart of somebody else. And guys, that's what I want to encourage you to be. But don't stiff arm the Holy Spirit. He has great gifts in store for every single one of you. Let me ask you a question. How many of you load the kids up in the car when it's Christmas time and go, hey, let's go look at the Christmas lights in the daytime? Matter of fact, how many of you go and say, hey, kids, let's look at all these Christmas lights and they're not even turned on. Why do you go look at the Christmas lights? Because something's happened to them. They have power in them. And that's what makes them attractive. And if you want to see changed lives in Oklahoma City, God has enough power available for every single one of you to become attractive to those that are searching. So I want to ask the prayer and worship team to come up.
I heard it put like this one time, that salvation is the cake, but the fruits of the Spirit are the icing on the cake. So there's a scripture, it's in Acts 8, 14 through 17. And this is what I prepared the altar ministry team with this morning as we prayed before you guys got here. Because this is what we're about to step into. It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they lay hands on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. So I ask you today, how will you respond to God's word? You may be in a place like I was, like Apollos was, where you've heard part of the story. But now you've heard some more of the story explained to you. And you may be sitting out there like I used to with doubt in your heart. I understand that. And I'm an extremely literal person. When I've started seeing the fruit in other people partnered with the word of God and then the kicker in there that that says that God says he never changes. So as much as someone tried to explain to me that those gifts were for another time, if God never changes, show that to me in Scripture where it was for another time. And you know, nobody could ever do that. It was just a hypothesis of man. You may be sitting out there, you've never even started a relationship with Jesus. And I'll tell you what, what a wonderful day on October the 23rd that you make this your spiritual birthday. So, let's pray. Father God, in the book of Revelation, you said, Behold, that I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in with him and dine with him and he with me. So, Holy Spirit, we open the door of our hearts and we invite you in. And I ask that you give anyone here that felt a tug on their heart, that you would give them the courage to come down today to be prayed for. Amen. God's going to ask you to stand to your feet, please. I want to say, if you're in that place, if you're like where I was, and today you heard some more of the story, and you have this tug in your heart of saying, God, I want that. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and come on down. Come forward. Let these folks at the, uh, at the altar do just like this scripture said. Let them just simply lay hands on you and impart these great gifts that God has in store for you. 
It says these things are the fruit of the Spirit. They are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's from the book of Galatians. Here's how, in kind of a funny way, God spoke to me the other day. I'm going to leave you with this. It's like, imagine you show up at the pearly gates and you're standing before God. And God says, I had a Ferrari for you. Why did you choose a Prius? (laughs) The Holy Spirit is that Ferrari. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.